0: She's actually going to bed, man. So, you are putting this podcast above going to see your girlfriend right now.
1: Yeah, man. Look, there... Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Ah. else to say. Like, I didn't think I'd be here
0: either, but... Dude! Here we are. Well, welcome, everybody, to 141 (laughs) Presents... Old Mansion. (laughs) I'm Teddy. And I'm Connor. And we are here to present your favourite music podcast out there today, and we've had some revelations today, guys. So we've been a bit late. A few things have come up uh, before the recording of this podcast, and Connor's girlfriend is messaging him saying, "Hey, I'm going to bed. Are you coming?" And we're just awaiting Connor's response. Connor, what is your response?
1: Look, I'm going with a classic. Like, like I was planning. I did want to come over. We, oh. I'll have you know. I'll have you know that is the truth. I was planning. Oh. I was planning to go over. But, you know, like, uh, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. As, Dude, as it's I've heard, hard. It's really hard, yeah, isn't as, it? Yeah, as I've heard it said, and, you know, like, we we have we have been around here for a bit without recording. We, we've yeah. had some red wine. We've been talking we've for out. a while. We've been yeah. talking for a while. I watched <laughs> half an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, you know? yeah, how was it, by the way? It was good. Yeah, no, I'm... Um, <laughs> I'm I'm not onto curb yet, you know, I am missing out on that. But I did enjoy it. Have you it. not watched
0: Curb Your Enthusiasm? No, like this this new season's out and everyone's loving it, but it's Dude, not something that I'm familiar with. It is fucking hilarious. Like it is a show I mean it's very kind of formulaic like Seinfeld. Mm. But man, it just goes some very funny places.
1: Yeah. No, I I do love the I do love the idea of like Larry David's humour being like really, really, you know hyper focused yeah. on minor social interactions it's <laughs> like I love that I think that's hilarious so I feel that like is it was one kind of his jam yeah, well. I, I feel like I'd enjoy it if I watched it I've just got to kind yeah. of like jump in you know but so
0: for the girlfriend yeah what are you gonna do to make up for your absence like fans if you're listening to this if I can call you fans if I can <laughs> compliment if, you with if, it. if I can be so presumptive <laughs> uh... like Connor is literally sacrificing a wonderful night of Pleasure and just love to be with you tonight and to create this podcast. So all I'm saying is that we are extremely dedicated to this podcast. Um, how are you gonna? What are you gonna say, Connor? like? What is gonna be your sort of? What's, well, look, what's I'm, your I'm, right I'm
1: planning to. Uh, I'm planning to see her tomorrow night. She's going no, to see uh Khalid. Person. For those of you who are familiar with uh dude, I got to see friends seeing Khalid tonight. Yeah, it's one Ka- night.
0: Khalid is an interesting. Is an interesting artist. Like, so I'm not gonna pretend like I know who Khalid is. So Khalid is not DJ Khalid.
1: No, Khalid is not DJ Khalid. Oh, okay. Khalid is a is a teenager from America. I think he yeah. might have recently turned twenty. Really? But yeah, so he, his album is called American Teen, and it's yeah. all about being a teenager. And he's a very interesting figure because he's risen like his his rise in the music industry has been very very rapid. Really? And people are thinking people have been thinking recently that uh, that sorry that Khalid is a is a what's called an industry industry plant. What do which, which
0: is where you get you get um. Oh, like record industry investing in somebody True. who's YouTube famous. And yeah, but, him but, a but, deal.
1: But, but, but not so much record industry as in like um, radios promoting his work beyond what would usually be done for an artist of his caliber and Apple Music and stuff suggesting him to more listeners so that he kind of begins to take off. It's, yeah. it's kind of a very insidious thing. And people say that Chance the Rapper... Who is who claims that he is unsigned yeah. but has like a huge distribution deal with Apple Music yeah. which makes him you know like a very strange example of an artist who is unsigned because yeah. he has he has creative control yeah. but he also has like record label tier assistance yeah. from Apple Music
0: Yeah, so it's um, see that's interesting because when I was in Hong Kong I met an artist who was recording at a recording studio in Hong Kong and they were talking through deals with Apple Music they were excluding themselves from the traditional bigger record labels like Warner's and Universal. Mm-hmm. They were actively rejecting those guys because Apple Music was making an actual like reach out to younger, more impressionable musicians. They wanted to come across as how they were helping underground musicians. And I think that's sort of more a marketing, sort of positioning yeah. effect from Apple Music. So maybe that's why they're reaching out to guys like Chance and Carla yeah. a little bit more.
1: And and you can see why. Like you can you can see the, like think about the power that say streaming services with exclusive rights to albums. For instance, yeah. like remember the Taylor Swift wasn't on Spotify for a long time. Yeah, exactly. The power of Apple Music. Yeah, exactly. The power yeah. that she's Apple Find Music. Nick. She is. She's returned, but she's yeah. apparently going to withhold reputation, which comes out very soon. Yeah, she's okay. um, going to withhold reputation from streaming services for up to a, for up to one week to try and get everybody to buy it. All of her diehard fans, <clears throat> and you know Taylor Swift is yeah. nothing nothing if not Machiavellian when it comes to uh, marketing strategies. She's a very um, a very deliberate, you know, a very deliberate character.
0: Yeah, honestly, I've been like less and less impressed with the music coming out from the latest album. Like that's fair. That's I, a general sentiment, you know. Yeah, I'm not a Big, like I'm more of a classic. You know me. I'm more of a classic Taylor Swift fan. Like Mm. I like some of her latest poppy stuff, but not so much her latest stuff. And I think more and more that she's more sort of like a vessel for like corporate marketing than like an actual artist. But maybe that's just me being overly critical. Like I suppose she's very proud of her art, and I imagine that she is in a lot more control than maybe some other pop artists these days. However seeing her progression from like this old school like Nashville country artist to like this pop queen yeah I I just don't know if I vibe her latest stuff so much like like that song in the middle of the night na na you know that's what's it called? Are You Ready For It? Oh Ready For It oh dude see I,
1: I wouldn't be able to tell you that that was Ready For It from the singing sample because I have listened to Ready For It maybe once when it first came out
0: dude and the like the actual song itself is so overproduced it's so like I literally just listen to it and I hear just money just being spent on stuff like the music video as well have you seen the music video oh my god like that that it's like ghost in the shell level shit and oh dude it's just like I don't know what the fuck is going on with it it's just all you can tell is that there is so much money being spent in creating that yes. piece of music video. Here's and my grandpa Taylor, Taylor Swift. Here's it. my
1: Taylor Swift. I love yeah. pop music. Yeah, I love pop music. Dude, of course, pop music is wonderful.
0: I love anybody who says they don't love pop music is lying. Because yeah. pop music is made to just appeal to the human. Exactly,
1: senses. but like people like Charlie XCX and Kyler A. Jepsen, and you know, they're doing fantastic things in pop music, and I love, I love the genre. The thing that always takes away from the Taylor Swift experience for me is it's a twofold thing. Like, I think that I'm. I'm too invested in my love for Kanye West to truly appreciate Taylor outside of her marketing tactics. And I think her marketing tactics detract from how in from her music. Like I, I like a lot of the songs on 1989, but I feel like every time I see Taylor Swift presented to me as as a person in public, you know, as like a consumer, yeah. it's always such like a relentless assault of Taylor Swiftum, you know? Like I've never felt like that's an interesting point. Yeah, I, I I feel assailed by her public image, as opposed to like you know when I think about like artists that are similarly big and massive, you know, like someone like say Frank Ocean, I never feel assailed by his assailed. By his, I I never feel like yeah, it's it's never confronting when he appears in he appears as a public figure because you know he he doesn't like rely on that whole like but isn't really the fact,
0: isn't the fact that we're talking about Taylor Swift right now symbolic of the fact that her marketing is just so pervasive even if it is contentious yes we talked about Taylor Swift fucking last podcast dude maybe what we have to do is like what so many of those satirical people are doing with Trump now we just can't talk about it and we have to not talk about it and that's the only way to negate her power and her marketing just penetration throughout society
1: I would say Ted that's a good way to segue into uh, into our our real introduction here.
0: So, honestly, let's make an agreement now. Let's not talk about Taylor Swift at all for the rest of this podcast.
1: Dude, I am I am with you, you know. I will like, make
0: this agreement now. Let's do it. Done. We're shaking hands. We're shaking hands. Yeah, all those. Let the record <laughs> reflect that we shook hands. And that's it, no more Taylor Swift. No
1: more Taylor Swift. So today no on more old, that chick. Today <laughs> on Old Mansion, what are we gonna be looking at today?
0: Unless she does some really weird shit like gets in a car accident or something like that. Or like Weird oh, car accident is really heavy. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of that but unless she does something really really odd like unless it's something that's too big to ignore otherwise let's just not talk about Taylor Swift yeah I'm, to- I'm totally down to ignore, no. ignore Taylor Swift done no she's done every day she's because the less attention you give those demagogues the more powerful sorry, the less
1: powerful they become Exactly. I don't want them to become more powerful. If if that was the case then this would be a specifically Taylor
0: Swift tailored <laughs> podcast, you know? We'd like we'd go in. <laughs> Dude, maybe that's way better. Right? Maybe we should just have a Taylor Swift catered podcast. Like like the Talking Dead, those guys that just have a podcast about the Walking Dead. Maybe we can just talk about Taylor Swift. Maybe yeah, that's man. a way how, better how, idea. How bad would it be to be in the Walking Dead podcast business right now? Like <laughs> like every episode
1: you get on and you're like, Oh, I don't know, man. It's pretty shit now. <laughs> I don't know
0: what's going on. But yeah. I'm such a Walking I'm, Dead nerd that I, I know I'm so, I'm so bored next. and this show is so terrible. <laughs> Dude, that show started so good. I was so hooked for like two seasons. And then... I act. You know, you get to that stage when you're watching a show, you just go, "Man, this is getting ridiculous now." Yeah. Like I did it with Walking Dead. I did it with Suits. I did it with what other shows did I do it with? Have you ever done it with the show? Like we just sort of get halfway through and you're like, "Man, I'm actually not going to watch this anymore." I'm not
1: going to lie. I never finished The West Wing. Oh, the West Wing got to a point dude. in like the sixth season nah, dude. that I just—that's um, the thing because I, I know I kind like, of I'm keen to see what was happening, yeah. but it just became such a machine. Like like. Dude, no, he, the like West he, thing is awesome. The but, West is awesome. But you know what would happen? Yeah. You know what happened in season six episodes? It would One. always start with the conflict at the end of the episode, like a glimpse of that yeah. before the credits. Yeah. And then when you got through the credit sequence, it would cut back to like two days earlier. Yeah. And it did it so often that like Dude, it did it like five times. It right. does it it does it so much. It's such a it's, formula. It's such a it's such a like it's a good formula to use yeah. sometimes. It's a terrible formula overexposed. Like it was so bad that my mum, my mum was like what like this formula is terrible like this opening this you know cold open
0: in the middle of the action is appallingly bad like it happens every time Dude, your mom, if your mum Megan was saying that there's some serious plot flaws in exactly. this case i think that the west wing is so powerful because of that formula because you kind of know what's going to happen but also it's so interesting that you just get so inspired and you just get so enraptured into it. And that's why I love the West Wing. Like You kind yeah. of know what's going to happen. Every single English essay I wrote in my final year of high school was formulated like a West Wing episode. You have a hint to the end that's coming up. You have the story and then you have this weird backstory that's kind of irrelevant but also kind of explains it. And then you get to the end and it's like, oh, that's a West Wing episode right there. I'm that's not, how it works.
1: I'm not going to lie. That is kind of a brilliant way to teach kids. <laughs> show, them, show them like three seasons of the West Wing and be like, you guys get it by now. That's you guys Vanessa. get it. Yeah. You get it. Because exactly. that show
0: was written purely by Harvard graduates for like a good two or three seasons. And then Aaron Sorkin took over. And Aaron Sorkin is just... I don't know what that guy is on. Obviously a lot of cocaine. Yeah, cocaine. Because he's been busted for that many we times. We know this. Yeah, we know <laughs> what he's on, man. Come on. It's, it's on the public record. But his mind is just... Honestly, I wonder what he must think of, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. When he's thinking about dialogue. Because he operates at such an intellectual level. It is so hard to... Suck like at high speed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, like,
1: like, he has to... He, it makes you think That he had to like <laughs> Slow that internal Monologue down To get it down You know He has to like
0: Comprehend that it's He crazy. must make The people who work for him Like do cocaine as well So they just keep up With his level He's like Hey I need to do this This and this Before tomorrow Does that make sense And everyone's like Yes sir Fucking Yes <laughs> <laughs> Exactly He seemed like He would, he would run a time To Baron Sorkin You know when he wrote That social network movie mm. That the original cut Was two and a half hours and the producer said that's way too long. It needs to go for max an hour 45 or something. So instead of cutting out any dialogue, he just made people speak faster? Yes. Yes,
1: the, the script is huge. The script is massive. And, and based on the estimations, which is the, the, the basic estimation for a screenplay, a feature screenplay, in conventional terms, is a minute a page. Yeah. Because dialogue will take you 30 seconds yeah. of a page yeah. and then a full page of action will take you about 120. So it like balances out, it's meant to. Yeah. But yeah, like, this is too long. We can't do this. And yeah, the answer was David Fincher got everybody to talk faster. like Aaron Sorkin. What? David Fincher directed. Aaron Sorkin wrote. David Fincher directed that movie. Yeah, David Fincher directed The Social Network. Really? Aaron, Aaron Sorkin is directing
0: his first film or well, he has directed his first Wait, film. Wait, Aaron Sorkin didn't direct No, the no, 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 no. David Fincher did yes David Fincher the fucking weird guy yeah the
1: the guy who directed Seven and Zodiac that really
0: weird guy
1: yeah David Fincher who's one of my favourite directors (laughs) yeah Um, he directed The Social Network and Aaron Sorkin has actually has just finished directing his first film which um, he also wrote which I have read which is a good read I recommend but it's coming out uh, next year nice Idris Elba in it Idris Elba and Jessica Chastain oh nice that is a
0: good cast, hey? Yeah. Kevin Costner. Oh, really? What a fucking legend. As opposed to Kevin Spacey. As opposed to Kevin Spacey. Who is definitely not going to be in any movies. Actually, yeah. I'm going to look up Kevin Spacey right now. I want to see if he's in oh, any look, movies set look, to come out soon. He is, and we're not going to talk about Kevin Spacey
1: on this podcast. This is a, this is a Kevin Spacey free zone. Really? I reckon, I reckon. I reckon we've gone so far from music in these first 10 minutes. that <laughs> We need to pivot back to our actual, <laughs> yeah, our true. actual uh, content. Hold
0: oh, on a second. Here's Kevin a Kevin Spacey quote. Success is like death. The more successful you become, the higher the houses in the hills get and the higher the fences get. If you haven't turned rebel by 20, you've got no heart. If you haven't turned establishment by 30, you've got no brains. Oh, that's just a... He just ripped that off Jacques Chirac, who was a French president, who said if you don't vote liberal when you're young, you haven't got a heart. And if you don't vote conservative when you're old, you haven't got a brain yeah which,
1: which is actually a very interesting sentiment like I, I, I like the idea of that um, I don't like the idea of what he's saying but it's like a yeah. it's a very pithily said you know it's a very astute observation wow
0: so is he in any I can tell you that he is movies. he's in a film that's
1: coming out soon um, where he plays an old guy in prosthetics and it had an Oscar campaign dude is it discography? wait you're telling me that Kevin Spacey has a nah he's just on film soundtrack singing
0: he's a good singer though isn't
1: he? Uh, I, I would not know but anyway, Sorry. Ted, what are we doing today? Talk me
0: through it. So, yeah, all right, let's break it down. So, what I would like to talk through today is, first of all, the whole idea of this collective that we're trying to set up before yeah. we get stuck into the whole Kevin Spacey issue. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, then, I, obviously, we're going to break down our album of the week and the playlist that we've set up for our listeners. Yep. A listener, <laughs>
1: yeah, we know you're out there, you know. <laughs> yeah, thanks, mum. Rule of thumb says if I have put this on like my Facebook and my Instagram, like at least a couple of people will yeah. listen
0: to like five minutes of it, you know. Exactly, and that's the thing because I read, I want to say ninety percent of the stuff that you put up, and by that I don't mean that ninety percent of the things you put up I read in the entirety. I mean everything you put up I read. I reckon or like, look at 90% off. Mm, sometimes it's 100%, sometimes it's 85%. Most of the stuff I read, like, 90 I want to say 95 and, and
1: I appreciate that. I don't expect that from you, you know? I post stuff, and like, I'm like I see how it does, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> so what's your Instagram, Kevin? How can we follow you? How can
0: anybody listen to this follow you?
1: Well, I guess my name on Instagram is Connor Herbert. But yeah. that's a good pivot, because... As of, as of this episode airing, yeah. I will have a second account, yeah. which you can find under the name, and it's spelt out, the letters are spelt out, yeah. 141CC. And the CC stands for Creative Collective, oh. and it's there It's there because Damn. 141 as a blank thing was already taken, yeah. so you know, like, I didn't really have much of a choice. I'm not going to pretend like that was an actual you know, creative, inspirational yeah. kind of thing. But yeah, no, so you can also find us there where we'll, which is, One for One is of course the creative collective that Teddy and I are both members of, which yes. is where we run, um, we run Old Mansion, to which you're listening right now off that website yep. um, and we're also joined on that website by a variety of really talented artists cool. from both Melbourne and
0: LA. So, we are here to discuss the latest works out of One for One. That is spelt out phonetically One for One, our creative collective that we are coming out with Connor, what is the latest article you've written for these guys?
1: Uh, I've actually written an article uh, that, I've, that I got really into, that took me quite a while, called Return to Monster Island, Tracking the Monster Island Czars. And so who are the Monster Island Czars? You, walking version of Wikipedia, you. Good question. The Monster Island Czars are a really enigmatic mysterious group of MCs from New York City they existed they were founded in 1997 which is of course now 20 years ago they're named all all of the MCs in the group take their aliases from Toho's Godzilla Parthenon where did you hear about these guys I first heard about them because one of their most famous members is MF Doom who is one of my favourite MCs one of the greatest MCs I believe and a lot of people believe to Ever, yeah, yeah to, to ever take up the microphone. So he was in this group with another one of his, um, another one of his offsiders called M.F. Grimm, yeah. with whom he had a pretty bitter falling out, but yeah. who is also a fantastic artist. M.F.
0: Doom was on like, food stamps for a while. We said that last week, right? Yeah,
1: M- M.F. Yeah, Doom, um, the story of Doom pretty much starts off, he was in a group called KMD yeah. in the late 80s and early 90s. What does that stand for? Um, causing much destruction, it did. With a K. With a K, yes, <laughs> and um, I think it was a backronym though. I don't yeah. know if it was originally the. What was. is a backronym? It's like an acronym, but you come up with it after you've made the name. So, for instance, you know, <laughs> in a group called Nerd, yeah, and they're about to release a new album called "No One Ever Really Dies." Oh, really? And "No One Ever Really Dies" is a backronym of Nerd. So when, so they, when, when they made their name Nerd, yeah. they didn't have that acronym, but someone obviously said it at some point, and they were like, "That is a
0: cool idea." Really? So that's what a backronym is. Yeah. Dude, I had no idea. Backronym is a cool word. I like, it. <laughs> I like it a lot. It's one of those words that I know I'm going to use tomorrow. I'm going <laughs> to say, it. and that sounds like a cool backronym. And I'm just going to spread your knowledge throughout the world. So that's, congratulations. Look,
1: spreading my knowledge throughout the world, that is, that is exactly what I <laughs> want to do. But yeah, so the Monster Island Zars are really interesting yeah. because uh, they have this really interesting place as you know, an underground rap collective yeah. from the late 90s and although one of their most famous members is MF Doom or one of the other members is MF Grimm both of whom have very well documented private and musical discographies um they other members in the group are very scarce for instance Rodan whose name is taken from The Flying kaiju that was originally in his own film in 1956 called um called Rodan isn't Rodan like a famous impressionist artist yes Rodan is also a famous impressionist artist but Rodan if you look up R-O-D-A-N will come up with a like a pterodactyl kind of thing and yeah he was he was originally in his own film then he got incorporated by Toho into the Godzilla universe the guy known as Rodan no one knows who he is really he has an album that I'm currently transcribing on Genius he's appeared on MF Doom records he appears on Monster Island Zars records nobody knows
0: who he actually is
1: no you cannot find a photo of Rodin. I know because I, I researched for this article and I looked really hard
0: and there is no photo of Rodin. Dude, that's kind of cool. Isn't it's it rare that there is a bit of mystery in, like, pop culture these days? Yeah. It's so rare that you get somebody who just nobody knows or, like, something that's truly mysterious. That's the thing.
1: That's, I think that's what drew me to writing this article is because, like, as much as it's part of history and I really yeah. want to help preserve that, like, I think I wrote down here, I wrote that in the in the era... Of Yeah, from the material excesses of, like, Kanye and Jay-Z, these people are just, like, really old-school MCs, and don't get me wrong, I love Kanye and Jay-Z, but this is a really old-school kind of, like, hip-hop that wasn't about that material excess, clearly not, because these people were, you know, so, their private lives were so divorced from their hip-hop lives that we can actually not know their real identities, like, yeah, you know, no, they're, cool. they're just people who are rapping for the hell of it, you know? They're that's writing awesome. rhymes and they're like, it's like a really true sense of artistry that comes out of rapping, but obviously, like, you know, really indulging that art and not trying to pander to
0: a celebrity culture. I love like really that. You have to respect that, don't you? It's before yeah. the whole age of, like, rappers boasting about how awesome their lives were and like what is going on in their lives and how they're going to kill people
1: well no no well, well I mean that stuff was happening at this point
0: oh, okay. it just happens that like that stuff
1: was happening with Nas and, and Jay-Z at the time was yeah. coming up in the late 90s you know he was having a good run but yeah just that there's like a real these two guys were a really underground hip hop clique and That's cool. and yeah I, I haven't really delved into underground artists <laughs> too
0: much, but this was a really good way to do it I feel like I learned a lot I just feel like we're two I just realised sorry we're two white guys talking about underground hip hop cliques isn't that so interesting? Two white guys in Australia talking about exactly. This stuff. So, clearly, so clearly, clearly, awesome.
1: these guys can't be too enigmatic if there are two white Australians. They <laughs> fit, fit can't
0: be that. Yeah, exactly. They can't be that mysterious because we know exactly all about, except for a picture of Rodan. still exactly, on that. but no. It's. I found it to be.
1: I think like if you're interested in that kind of history, I see it as like a piece of history. Yeah. And I see. I, I mean, the reason that I wrote it is because when I went out there and looked for things about these people, yeah. there was staggeringly little, and I thought, you know, like if I can. Piece together some stuff from different sources and try and create a fuller picture of who these artists were, then that's a good thing to do, you know, for rap as a whole. You know, it's kind of like that whole giving back to the culture that I've enjoyed so much of. So, you know, please go and give it a read. I'd appreciate if you did. And, you know, if you're into that kind of stuff about like discographies and artists and their progression, then
0: it'll be your thing. Dude, so the article that I have been working on that I'm yet to fully send to you for your review, obviously, because you're the headmaster of all this stuff. You're know, the master of writing like, articles about music. Is about the current nature of, obviously you know I'm a drummer, the current nature of drum sounds <laughs> in bomb music. So it's very esoteric and not very interesting whatsoever. But what I have noticed is making a massive comeback is what is only known in drum language as gated reverb. Do you know what that is? No, tell me. Gated reverb is like a very specific drum sound that was popularized in the 80s. Listen to this sound. It's from Jefferson Starship. Nothing's going to stop us now. Tell me, like, if you had to guess any decade that this comes from, like 100% you'd be able to guess this within the decade, right? Listen Mm to this. Yeah, so did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Did you hear that? That is gated reverb right there. Really? You just hear that and it's yeah. just so 80s, right? Oh my god, yeah, we have to stop that or else we'll get sued. Damn it. I just want to listen to that song just... The first person this is like nineteen ninety who wanted to listen to a Jefferson star it's song. so good. Nothing's gonna but stop that. Ga- but but gated like reverb change.
1: is making a comeback.
0: You say, dude, gated reverb. Hold on a second. I suppose we can't play more songs, otherwise we'll really tie the line of copyright. But gated reverb is making such a huge comeback in music these days. Okay. It was all big throughout all those eighties cats, like um yeah Starship, Jeff- Starship. Uh, uh, It's not Jefferson Oh fuck i really fuck. It's not Jefferson Starship It's just Starship It used to be Jefferson Airplane Yeah it's, it, They used to be Jefferson Airplane Yeah And they became Starship Yeah Really? Yeah same group
1: No way
0: Yeah no Are they the same guys?
1: Yeah no man They were, they were called Jefferson Airplane
0: Dude because I've got a Jefferson Airplane shirt
1: Let's see Let's have a look no way, are they? The it evolved star- out of the same group following the departure of the bassist. Oh, yeah, huge. man. Jefferson Airplane and Jefferson Starship had one of those like Fleetwood Mac situations
0: where yeah. they just all of a sudden flipped over, you like, know? You hit a Green left and they still become Fleetwood Mac. Oh, that's
1: so interesting. Or like, um, Wait, or so like they're Sta- House. Are
0: they called Jefferson Starship? Yes, they are. Jefferson Starship and Jefferson Airplane are two different yeah. but largely the same I bands. I thought so. I thought so. Oh, dude, well, that song is so huge. Anyway, Gator Reverb is making such a huge comeback.
1: Starship was the continuation of Jefferson Starship. So
0: I went Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson Starship, and then Starship. Because Starship is so much better than Jefferson Starship, surely. I mean, you so would call, I think, Jefferson Starship.
1: At it's least kind, in might. It's view. kind of amazing the, um, the genres that these guys span, considering they went from, what, like, psychedelic rock to just yeah, straight, up, Jefferson up, Airplane straight up hard rock to English. arena rock and pop rock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that like, what it's
0: called, arena rock?
1: Yeah, well, arena rock is like um, dude, is like, it's made uh, for the arenas. Well, you too did a lot of arena rock, you know. <laughs> yeah, dude, you two are such man, an arena man. The Joshua man. Tree might be the greatest arena rock album of all time. Oh, dude, so the amount of reverb album, on that guitar, the album, re- album, reinvented arena rock, man. <laughs> that is a brilliant album. I,
0: I was I, I was writing something about that album earlier this year. You know what's you know what's really stuck with me since last week that you said, What? Pink is mum pop. Yes. Oh my goodness, you fucking nailed that on the head. I have every mum since I today. know loves Pink. Every single mum I've spoken to is like, oh, I think Pink's great. She's a great role model for the girls and stuff. Exactly. They love her. And she's just come out with the latest album, yeah? Or latest song. Beautiful Trauma, yeah. And she's, she's, yeah, she's wholesome enough,
1: she's like, cool enough for mums to think that she represents what is, like, cool in pop music. Yeah. But wholesome enough that mums will still endorse that. You know, like, no one's going to yeah. endorse Rihanna because she's, like,
0: half-naked all the time and mums yeah. don't like that. But see, my youngest sister, she loves pinks. That song, Raise Your Glass," Yeah. Which is all about, I don't know, making a toast to veterans or something. I don't even know what the hell it's about. Like, something about being weird. Yeah, and being, like, exactly. It's, it's a
1: celebration
0: of eccentricity. Yeah, exactly. And that's such a mum thing about, oh, my daughter's a bit like that. My kid's a bit like that. Yeah. Oh, what a a great inclusive message, you know?
1: (laughs) So I have a message on Wikipedia. Have you ever got a message on Wikipedia? Dude, do you you edit Wikipedia? No, I don't.
0: Yes, you do. You so do No, uh, Wikipedia. You would be such a Wikipedia editor.
1: No, 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 no. I appreciate the work they do because like (laughs) Genius is like Wikipedia for music, but I don't because that is just like too much for me. But it says you have a new message for another user and
0: it's not coming up. That's like when you... When that Weird Al Yankovic song, like White and Nerdy, actually describes you. Yeah. That's when you've got a serious problem. Like, exactly. Uh, I add Wikipedia, spend every weekend at the Renaissance Fair, got my name on my <laughs> underwear. underwear. <laughs> it's a clown. Dude, why is you Weird know, Al
1: Yankovic famous? Because he parodies songs so well. Are you kidding <laughs> me? He, he
0: pioneered and perfected the parody. Really? You reckon... But see, like... I think of the songs that I know of him. He's been big since like the 80s, right? Yeah. And he's nice. I think of the songs I know of him. as like, You're Pitiful. And, Bye, bye, this here and Yeah, the, the Saga later Begins. A great song. Be That's the thing. Like, I don't know whether I've ever really been into his stuff. Like, I suppose I liked his song for maybe songs for like a year when I was like 12. But I don't think I've ever bought a Weird Al Yankovic album. I don't think I've ever given him any money whatsoever. I maybe watched a few of his videos on YouTube. But why is he such a big deal? Like, did he really just invent the parody of songs?
1: Well, he, he really took it to the next level, I think. He, like, really... He, and he is a very good musician. And, like, his, the thing about his parodies... Really? He plays a lot of accordion, I Yeah. But, but the thing about his parodies is, like, when you listen to his parodies, they are, they are so tight. Like he, what do you mean by tight? That like lyrically or musically? Like like well, both, but but like lyrically definitely because you you don't you don't find Weird Al Yankovic like he's not he's not sneaking in an extra syllable on you in a in a line. He just writes like the tightest rhymes, and I'm always completely convinced by them. You know, I'm always like, wow, this is like actually a really great song lyrically. Really?
0: Yeah, but so do you actually respect Weird Al? And, yeah, I respect a Weird Al as a musician, totally, man. See, I don't know if I do. I think Weird Al is like a guy who is like, I think he's done something that's unique. I suppose is how I would say, but I don't know whether I genuinely like all the things that he's done. Oh, I don't like
1: all the things he's done. But then again, like there are very few artists that I do like all the things that they've done.
0: Yeah, true. But like even now, I can't listen to a Weird Al song and go, "Oh wow, I really want to hear that now." I think Weird Al Yankovic songs are like they're funny for like a few minutes, and mean, you're kind of like done with them. Is that fair, you reckon? Yeah, look, I, I can see what you mean. Like, you do have to be in a, in a very
1: certain like, headspace to listen to a Weird Al song. And I've never listened to a Weird Al album. But I just yeah. li- I, I like the sentiment, and as much as it might not be music that I constantly revisit, I am still respect him
0: a lot. Like, what I do yeah. like about it is that when I think of the lyrics to Beat It, I sometimes confuse the actual lyrics with the Weird Al Yankivic. Mm. Is it Vic or Yankivich? I'm actually not sure. okay. <laughs> Anyway, those weed owl lyrics, I confuse it with like, No one wants to be defeated or whatever. How does it go? Eat it, just eat it. Just take an egg and beat it or yeah. something. Anyway, like those rhymes right are so tight. I suppose he really did invent that idea of like a unique parody, which hadn't been done before. But something about it I just find so light. Like there's something about it that I just cannot stand. You've definitely gotta you've definitely gotta lean into the um
1: You know, lean into the 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 cliché or cheesiness. But dude, it's
0: one of those things that when you listen to it like two, three, four times, you're like, ha ha, that's a funny gag. But then it loses all of its musical appeal. Rather as there are many other songs. Oh, (laughs) is is that? (laughs) I suppose it's funny. It is actually kind of funny. But like, I just can't think of any other context where you would listen to it other than with mates. Like if you were at the club And someone played I suppose it would be pretty funny If someone played a weird out. Yeah but if, you,
1: but if you were at the club And someone
0: played James Taylor You'd be equally as thrown Dude yeah. I would be That's huge If someone it. played There's a well on the hill <laughs> Just can't sing for Jesus but, There's Anyway I think that'd be huge
1: Yeah no but I mean like I mean, like <laughs> You can't use the club as
0: a metric For good or <laughs> bad music But the thing I People suppose, play Diplo at clubs <laughs> He still sucks <laughs> don't, yeah, I don't get it wrong. Oh, you're don't right. I wrong. shouldn't use the club as like a, a barometer of what is good and what isn't. But something about Weird Al songs that is inherently tacky. And like I don't. I think it's impressive that he's made mm. such a like a name for himself out of what he does. But I suppose I ultimately don't respect what he does because he doesn't actually come up with a lot of his own music. Instead, he parodies songs, including his own lyrics, which of course takes talent and skill but I'm just not the biggest fan of
1: what he does. I can get the tackiness. I can understand why you say tacky because that is a really good word to describe it. Yeah. But, like, I, I still respect him. I, I respect him for what he's done. But, tacky is definitely, like, the right nomenclature to, to, like, refer to. Yeah, his music has a very certain feel to it. Yeah. And, you know, it is kind of, like, at points cringe inducing, despite yeah. the fact that it's very good. Yeah, yeah. And it's cringe inducing because it does age, like, very quickly. You know, yeah. like, you, it, it is kind of like a singular joke. Yeah. But for instance, White Nerdy is still a hilarious song. I still yeah. think that is like a bona fide, great send-up. That is of, such a good tune. You're yeah. exactly right. Like That is a, that is a great
0: send-up oh, of oh, a Millionaire. I, I love that. White Nerdy. No, 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 no. White Nerdy. Well, da, I, I, da, can da, I can da, still remember the, um, the music Joe, video. Dude, that, quip, kind of like that nice. came out huge. That I was, that was back in the day. Like, yeah. We're sounding like old guys now. But remember back in the days where you used to text a number and you got that ringtone sent yes. to you or something? Like that. Na- white oh, like, Nerdy and the Crazy Frog. Oh, man. oh
1: my. I, God. I, I, I could have done without remembering Crazy Frog. You know,
0: like hey, dude, I've got a challenge for you. I've actually always wanted to know if you could do. Um, actually, why don't we do this? I've got a challenge for oh, you. Yeah, the fine. Bluetooth <laughs> device is ready to pale. No, did, did, the Bluetooth device is, did, is connected out. successfully. Good call, Holy I was like, hey, dude, I've got a challenge for you. Do you reckon if I. The Bluetooth device is really too pale. In one second, if I went through your iTunes library and went through one second of songs, so again, so we could avoid being sued by copyright, do you reckon you'd be able to guess what those songs are? Because, dude, your knowledge of music is absolutely unparalleled.
1: I think there's a chance, you know, like there there are a lot of artists that you listen to that I'm not overly familiar with, specifically like you know country artists. But I feel like I feel like there is actually a good chance that I do okay.
0: All right, dude. Let's actually do this every single week. This should be a segment on our show. I'm going to give you five songs, one second of each. It can be the first second, the last second, or some second in the middle. And I want to see if you actually get what they are. If you honestly get all these, your knowledge of music is unparalleled. And maybe later, we can open this up to like listeners and be like, all right, see if you can get this one... Second. Exactly. No, I,
1: I love the idea, I love the hustle. I've done this before, as as you obviously know. We we have done this a few times in the past, just as, you know, mates doing yeah. our shit. And yeah, no, it it is good fun. It
0: is interesting because Oh oh oh, shit, oh I know saying, that sorry. I know that one. Oh, sorry, go yeah, sorry, I shouldn't have done it so um right.
1: what gets you off? Wow, that is incredible. That's that's uh, that is a really that band and that second record especially, oh like the second record as well as the first is a okay. really informative thing for me. So yeah. you are
0: one for one right now. Uh all right, all right, all right, all
1: right, all right. Um bright lights by Matchbox. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it was, the, it was the classic, oh, yeah. um, it oh, was yeah. the intro that I, like, his voice coming yeah, in that gave it away. She got out
0: of Alright, let me see. Oh, well, that's, that's pretty easy. Um, the Zephyr song. Yeah, nice. That was, yeah. that was a bit That nice. was, that was a bit
1: of an easier one. That was a bit of an easier one. I'm not gonna so watch. you're on,
0: you're on three. You're on three.
1: Oh, um, XO. The cover of <laughs> the Beyonce song by John Mayer. That, you can't try and... To trip me up on John Mayer, man. If that man has released a song, I know. Yeah, it's true.
0: John Mayer, you're all over, isn't it? All right, all right, all right. Hold on a second. Let's see. I'm going to try and find a really weird one. A
1: really esoteric right, one. Here we go,
0: here we go, here we go.
1: Oh, that's, <laughs> that's by Sigur <Ciga> <laughs> That's, um... Oh, I'm not going to get it. It's off, um... It's off, uh... <sighs> that is incredible. Is it off the Brackets album? Or is it off Mio... e nah. E-C-O... It's off the one with the bums on the front cover, yeah?
0: No. No, 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 it's not. The baby? No. It's not off any mere sort Singer or whatever it's called. Yeah, no. Oh, wow. Um, Wait, l- l- let me think. Is it off Kvivka? No. Wow,
1: I know it's cigarettes. I know it's Cigarros. <laughs> I, 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 like, I know that intro so well. Um, <laughs> Dude, this is a really hard one by me. It's, it's off the one with the wind baby on the front, isn't it? No. Oh, wow. Um, I, I have. Yeah, look, you've me here. I've it's got cigarettes. Oh, that's um, that's the live version of a song of um, <laughs> of the bracket album. It's called, what's it called again?
0: Half salt, half salt. I have to ask my Icelandic friend Frida. Hey Frida, that's half salt. Uh, I imagine is what she'd say. Half salt.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really esoteric because half of that album is live and half of it
0: is studio. <gasps> yeah, dude, it's really esoteric. That yeah. was really hard. So you're four out of five. Four out of five. Look, four out of 5 ain't banned. bad. Anything on my iTunes library, I will <laughs> destroy it. You will, hey? Well, um, I'm going to have to take you up on that Let's go five for five. Let's see. Sorry it's all in Chinese, mate. I know it's hard. (laughs) Yeah, man, I'm struggling, but we're going to do it. Wow. (laughs) I'll take you to songs. I'll take you to songs. Um, No, I can get it. I can get it. So just for the listeners, I have put my iPhone in Chinese to sort of help. I study Chinese, and I'm just trying to get adjusted to it. And I love how it confuses people like Connor who use my phone for a few seconds and go, Oh, my God. Isn't it amazing how instinctive iPhones are, though? Like, you don't know what any of the things mean sometimes. But you just kind of work it you out. you actually again. know exactly where to press. This will really count you. I know this is one that we both like. Yeah, um, uh, Kate, Ben Falls. Yeah, nice. nice. Off uh, Whatever and Ever, I mean... Great album. You actually album. used to be Ben Falls. Incredible, and, incredible and I album. I am into him. I saw him live recently. Um, all that was all, with the all, MSO, yeah? Uh, yeah. Well, not,
1: yeah, not too recently, but you know... Really that was
0: with Nick Buck conducting, yeah? Yeah, Nick Buck was yeah, conducting. So it was actually good. great. So, he's such a good this, conductor. Oh! Uh, um, LA is My Lady. By? Frank Sinatra. Produced yeah. by Quincy Jones.
1: Exactly, you've got that one. I, I am giving Man, some easy I know, ones. I here. know that
0: triangle. I know that triangle like the back of yeah, my that's, hand. Yeah, that's
1: etched into... The, that was a very eventful night, the night that I was <laughs> int- introduced to that song, as I'm, <laughs> sure you, I'm sure you can recall. <laughs> what a good time. What a good time. Well, here's a classic. Okay.
0: Is that Jive talking about the Bee Gees? Oh, no. But, but I, I like the way you think it is. I actually have no idea. What is we that?
1: keep playing it? Uh, are you going to give up? Is that like... Oh. Can you it's play, a really can hard Can you play the
0: start one more time? Yeah, no worries. Can you say?
1: If you hear like the next second of it, you'll get
0: it. Dude, I have no idea. What Do you want to hear the rest? Yeah. Oh <laughs> Now can you name uh, that bad boy? back door. It is a classic,
1: isn't it? Wow, that was
0: so hard, man. The, uh,
1: That's I, I, I forgot that that intro was um that intro was that. <laughs> oh, that is hard. To oh, he, here's a classic. Some Australiana for you. All
0: right, all right. Oh, um, there's something I'm gonna, I don't know in the world where you live. No. Oh, same uh, album though, same album. Crowded House, uh, 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 uh forever, it's forever or something, or what's it called? Oh, no, I don't know, I don't know. It's called Love You Till the Day I Die. Yes, love you till the day I die. Okay, we got one more, we got one more. Damn it, I'm three, I'm only two for four. We got one more, we got, got one more. It. Two for um, four. Wow, there are a
1: lot of good songs that begin with this letter. <laughs>
0: Oh, lovely day. Go with it. Yeah, okay, easy, oh, that was the good one. easy. There are a lot of good songs to start with. L man, lovely yeah, day. So lovely, you should have come
1: over. Lovely Rita.
0: Oh man, you know like
1: <sighs> exactly a lot of tunes. Look, I, I, I've got to say, despite your assurances that you would vanquish me, in this damn, I have, I have come out ahead, dude. You're good. All right, let's keep man, You win this round. Let's yeah, with this, next is, round. this is This is one nothing at the moment, but you know, there's always, there's always next week, as as we established before. Exactly right. Hey, why don't we talk about our albums of the week? Let's do it. Would you like to go first, or would you like me? Why don't you start? Yeah, no worries, man. I'm okay, so interested
0: to hear what you've been listening to. Lately. So my
1: album of the week is uh, is an album by uh, an artist called King Ghidra. Yeah. And King Whoa. Ghidra... <laughs> who is that? Well, King Ghidra was um, was MF Doom's alias when he was in Monster Island's Zars. Oh, and he released an album as them in 2004. Yeah. And, of course, 2003 to 2005 is like the most important MF Doom yeah. era because he released Mad Villainy it's yeah. one of the greatest hip hop records of all time he released Food, yeah. which is Dude, Food. I love you know that album. Food is an anagram MF Doom, yeah. of MF Doom because yeah, it's which is so great good. yeah um, but that is a great album he also released is, is it an acronym or a backronym? hey go. he also released an album under his Victor Vaughn pseudonym because of course in the Fantastic Four comics yeah. Victor Vaughn is Dr. Doom and so he released an album as Victor Vaughn yeah um, and Victor Vaughan of course appears on a couple of songs or the Victor Vaughan persona appears on a couple of songs of Mad Villainy yeah. and then he released this, this album is King Ghidra yeah. and it's it's just a really interesting listen it's got a lot of features on it, sometimes yeah. for entire songs yeah. so songs that you know, like, will be in name, a King Ghidra song yeah. will actually be the entirety will be by say Gigan yeah. who's another MIC member or um, there's one called I Wonder which is a particularly yeah. sad song, yeah. has no doom on it um, besides the production of course no Doom is in no rapper oh,
0: yeah. or like none of the theme of Doom
1: uh, oh yeah no no, <laughs> no, no King Ghidor no MF Doom except yeah. for in his in his producing which he produces yeah. the entire thing cool. um, but you know it's got skits in it but I think the skits are a lot more manageable than in some of his more outlandish like very skit heavy works yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah it has some of his best work on it and I actually think Shit, it's, yeah. it's up there with my favourite Doom records which nice. at the moment is a three way tie because I'm really yeah. indecisive between Mad Villainy uh, Take Me to Your Leader which yeah. is this album by yeah. King Ghidra and Danger Doom yeah. uh, The Mouse and the Mask which is his collaboration with Danger Mouse that samples Adult Swim cartoons yeah oh um, yeah that's right yeah, yeah that's so it samples, um, it samples a lot of it samples a lot of Aquitaine Hunger Force it samples a lot of Aquitaine Hunger Force which is uh, hilarious but yeah I think I mean like there's I don't think I have anything to add to the legend of MF Doom that hasn't already yeah. been said, you know. Like, he's Dude, brilliant, he's everyone dumb. knows him, and like if Rashes you like the him. Yeah, if you like him and you and you enjoy his other stuff, check this out, because I think this is some of his like most concentrated,
0: awesome work. So if he's rapping with a mask on, is he just walking around day to day without a mask on nobody recognises him? Dude, or MF Doom, like the guy MF Doom, Doom lives in kind of England and has
1: a kid. Really? MF Doom has a kid and has had a kid for some time now. MF Doom talks in his Red Bull interview when he's wearing the mask and talking he's like yeah you know when I need inspiration I go out and I play with my kids and it's just like it's mind boggling like this this absolute like legendary enigma of a guy just like has a, has a family and just like lives as a dad in normal day to day life and then raps about just some real shit yeah, well, well I mean the Doom, Doom, hasn't, shit, yeah. Doom hasn't been on his A game for a while now, which is I mean like he, he I still think he's a brilliant artist, but I mean like he hasn't really been yeah. producing at an incredible rate. Yeah. And some of his collaborations with say, like he did a collaboration called Neruvian Doom with yeah. Bishop Nehru, who is like quite possibly the most boring person he could have picked. Yeah. Like he's like a diet Joey badass who would have been a better collaborator. <laughs> but um like yeah, I mean he's he's a, seems to be a relatively normal guy. Like if, if he wasn't wearing the mask you could you could i imagine that most people wouldn't pick who he was the same way with if yeah. you weren't wearing the mask and you were members of Daft Punk like
0: you know who's dude the, have who you seen s- the pictures of Daft Punk guys without helmets yeah. they look like weird French nerds <laughs> they look like bald mustache. <laughs> they, they probably nerds. are weird they probably are like
1: they you know, eccentric are. French nerds but they're just so cool <sighs> they make nerddom cool but Why? for some reason
0: they make the funkiest tracks of all time they just make yeah, you like, um, want to dance
1: mate Daft Punk don't even get me started i I'm, I'm You know, love, love those dudes. So let me talk you through my album recommendation of the week.
0: This is by far, like, I'm sorry to call this so early. It is my favourite album of all time. Ooh. 100% my favourite album of all time. And I heard about it early last year in an interview with Nora Jones. I don't know if you're into Nora Jones at all. Yeah, no, I I do like Nora Jones. So I like Nora Jones. And I saw Nora Jones live and she was pretty shit when she played in Melbourne. Really? went out and see her and the sound was really bad and it was the end it was the last show of her like global tour like the very last show was Melbourne and it was the tour where her dad um what's her name uh, Shankar Ravi Shankar oh that's right yes Ravi know? Shankar died when she was on tour oh. so she had to abandon a few shows came back and then resumed the tour and it was one of those shows where she's performing in Melbourne and then says alright Sydney let me show you what you can let me see what you can do And everyone was like, oh, you're not in Sydney, mate. And there was just this really awkward atmosphere. Anyway, she was kind of like, not that good. But I really dig, obviously, her tunes. And she said the album that made her want to go into music was this album by Willie Nelson, recorded in 1975, called Red-Headed Stranger. Red-Headed Stranger. It's known as one of the first concept albums of all time. And it was... It's this... Album by Willie Nelson in the 70s, which he created after he negotiated a contract with Columbia Records that gave him full creative control. He said, Look, I'm fully in control of all the music I produce. And the whole thing follows the story of a guy who captures his wife, he's a preacher, and he captures his wife in bed with somebody else, and he murders them, then goes on a journey like you know, evading the law. Moves to another state Falls in love with somebody else And seeks for redemption And the whole thing is a story That you can tangibly hear and listen It's very clear cut It's So like a- clear cut And then for the rest of Willie Nelson's career He's been known as the Redheaded stranger And I've never understood why Willie Nelson Is known as like Willie Nelson Why is Willie Nelson like Willie Nelson? Why is he a legend? Yeah, I just thought he was like one of these guys That just smoked a lot of pot And everyone was like, oh yeah I kind of dig his songs but other than like Georgia like, on my mind Like Snoop Dogg Yeah Like Snoop Dogg Honest to god Like I, I know
1: that You might not be too big You might not know Too much about Snoop Dogg's rap career I know a he's lot about Snoop Dogg's rap career But he's, Korean, he's made a, yeah. He's made a single classic album And that's it yeah. And since then he's made like Passable stabs And everyone, he loves, him. On yeah, and everyone loves him just features on everyone's And everyone loves him Because he's high Yeah That's it But please go on Please continue That's
0: the thing I felt like Lillian Nelson Was the same deal Like other than Georgia on my mind And on the road again what classic Willie Nelson songs are there? yeah that's it on the road again is a great song, great it, is song. Like, it is like the great only hit. real Willie Nelson song I know exactly and he does a great cover of Georgia On My Mind and I didn't understand until I heard this album Red Headed Stranger right and it was it had the first number one hit of Willie Nelson's career even though he'd produced 10 studio albums beforehand and it is just genius like it's him on guitar mainly And you realise that Willie Nelson is not country He is all jazz Like that is what his game is He is a jazz guitarist He's not a country guitarist At all He does some really jazz solos His sister Bobby Nelson Solos On piano Throughout the whole album And there's a little bit of drums And maybe a little bit of drums And maybe a little bit of bass Sorry Mm. Other than that It's really minimal And apparently when Columbia Record Office Heard it They were like This is a demo This is not a full album because Willie Nelson had full creative control. He was like, "Nah, that's it. That's all that's going on." And they released it. Red-Headed Stranger. I for some reason started listening to it again this week and it is phenomenal. It's well, like a beautiful album.
1: I, I have got to say in the last like 2 minutes you have you have got me really into this. I'm like really Dude, keen to check this out. It's
0: one of the, it's uh, Willie Nelson I realized started the whole idea of a concept album. The whole idea of a story flowing through an entire album all started from the first track on this album is called "The Time of the Preacher," and there's the third track is also called "The Time of the Preacher" as well. The third or fourth track is also called "The Time of the Preacher," and it's like a play on um, a classic old school Western song called "The Time of the Preacher" mm. about um, uh, about you know a preacher. The same idea: the preacher that finds his wife in bed with somebody else and kills them both, mm. and the torment and the journey that he goes through there. And there's also this really cool thing. I was listening to the whole album um, over the course of this week and there's this really, there's these two lines that I heard which I just think are genius. When he killed them, right? The preacher kills them when they're in bed together and the line is, they died with a smile on their faces, right? Mm. That's the line that he says in one of the songs. Then like five songs later when he's talking about he's in Denver and he meets the new love of his life, Right? Or oh, he also kills somebody else along the way. Okay, he tries to touch his horse. <laughs> yes, it's a fun story. And then he meets somebody else, falls in love, and then the line is, they danced with a smile on their faces. Oh, okay. And you just hear and you go... It's one of those albums that you just go, man, I like most of the tracks here, but it's one of the first albums, other than like maybe Pink Floyd stuff, that I've heard and gone, man, I actually... I prefer listening to an entire album mm. and just hearing the whole narrative as opposed to like individual songs.
1: Albums that albums that like cater to that are yeah. such rewarding listens. So because good. you know you, you get to really like
0: sit down or like put them on and like listen to it progress. Or, yeah, yeah. Oh. And you Big hear the out. entire story going on in the guy's mind, mm. and that's what I really respect. So that's what I've been listening to. That and Redheaded Stranger, you have to listen to. Red Headed Stranger
1: Yeah no I'm keen I'm keen, I, really I, like, I, I'm keen. I, I want to figure out This Willie Nelson thing Now that you've said it You know like If this is the key To Willie Nelson's Kind of like oh, Dude that's why Willie Nelson's Pop culture so omnipotence it. Yeah, you're yeah. Like, he's everywhere Everyone loves Willie Nelson Regardless like, of whether You like country music Dude
0: he also smoked a joint On top of the White House Like can you think about How badass that is That's pretty cool Well oh, no I do know we was on the roof Or in the bathroom But he went into The White House He was invited Went in with a suit And his pigtails and smoked a joint inside the premises of the White that, House. That, that's, a, that's a cool, like... You know, that's
1: the, kind of, that's the kind of action you want to take. You go to the White yeah. House, you're willing to ask, and you're like, you know what, like, I you can do this. Smoking yeah, now. exactly. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to be the first one, you know? But dude, now weed is
0: legal in Washington, D.C., so it's not as bad as. That's true.
1: Oh, but isn't the White House federal property?
0: I actually don't know. Oh, it's District of Columbia, I suppose. Yeah. No. Isn't it in the Washington? Oh, who cares? We need a lawyer to message we to do, yeah, it. We do, yeah, exactly. If if we've got any uh, any lawyers with specific <laughs> knowledge of the the Mara I, Mara I Mara honestly the United will be States, surprised. I would yeah. be so surprised. Oh,
1: I would be too. But you never know, man, like like the, the truth is out there. Yeah. Um yeah, so would you like to talk about the playlist that we've collated of you know, because like as much as listening to albums is a really rewarding experience, a lot of yes. the time there are a lot of songs that I listen to off albums that really stand out above the others. And whilst I wouldn't recommend the whole thing, there are like some real good standalone tracks. Of course. So what we
0: always like to do um, every single week uh, on this podcast is create a playlist catered towards you. If you search on Spotify, 141cc or 141...
1: Um, I've actually got them under Old Mansion, old but Mansion. But, you, but you'll be able to find them on my Spotify, which I will I will put the links to the playlists uh, in the description podcast. in the description of the podcast, the they
0: should not be difficult to source. You'll be able to find them. We will absolutely set you up with the hottest Spotify playlist for the week, setting you up for next week's session under Old Mansion, uh, tunes that Connor and I are into. We discuss the idea of giving them a theme every single week. Honestly, I don't reckon we need to do that. I reckon yeah. it's just tunes. I have I've been realising that I think I have a really weird eclectic taste in music like I will go from listening to Little Richard to like Kanye to like the latest weirdest pop like the stuff my youngest sister shows me to like again back to some old school classical music and honestly I love Spotify for that yeah no other generation has been able to do that just madly collate all these different types
1: of music exactly yeah I mean like say what you will and I hope you know, like, people that do talk down on this generation's music honestly just aren't even looking hard enough for yeah. the good stuff. But, like, say what you will, but the accessibility to old music and, you know, like, music from all periods yeah. is insane. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I'm glad that we're able to take full advantage of that in bringing you playlists catered to Teddy's really old-school, like, <laughs> intimate old-school knowledge that artists don't have. All the way up to, you know, the more recent stuff that I'm... The I'm knowledge that you for. have,
0: the vast array of knowledge that you have that I 100% do not have in the slightest. Exactly. You, you complete me, Ted. I've <laughs> it before and I'll say it again. Jeremy McQuire. Anyway. Um, okay, let's break this down. Let's go hashtag one for one.
1: Let's go one for one. So you please start because I, I went
0: with the album review. Okay, my album I talked about this track last week but I did not give it full credence and it was not in the tracks that we released. The band is Wolfpack. They're the album that I talked about last week. Wolfpack have actually come out with a brand new album called Mr. Mr. Finishing Line um, this week and they have a track on this that is taking YouTube by storm. Every single muso that I know that is producing stuff has sent me a link to this video because it is so tasty. It's Wolfpack playing with this guy called Michael Darden who is this fat black drummer that I was talking about last week, Prince's drummer, absolute mad dog. They're playing this song called Hero Town and that this like that track has just been released on their album which has come out this week. So Hero Town featuring Michael Darden by Wolfpack is one of the tastiest tracks going around. I cannot recommend it enough. Wolfpack, Hero Town. Listen to it. Watch the YouTube video. It's the hottest thing going around.
1: Nice. Absolutely. I am am excited to check it out. Uh, Wolfpack are always a funk. Yeah. Um, My my first song is, for those of you who know me in real life, or um, perhaps take a cursory look at some of my social media, you'll see that I love Brockhampton. I love Brockhampton a lot. I have... Brockhampton shirts. Dude, you love Brockhampton? I, you? Yeah, I I I bought Brockhampton merch, man. You know how much shipping is on merchandise to Australia? I'm I'm an acolyte at this point. I'm an acolyte of Brock. What do you mean? Well, oh, acolyte. How much is shipping? Well, shipping to Australia is like twenty something bucks on top of whatever I buy. Really? Yeah, it's expensive as as all get out coming from America. So uh, I'm allowed to swear, aren't I It's expensive yeah, you're as fun. fuck. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking expensive. But um but no, um I mean Brockhampton are brilliant. But I think something that is I think something that is understated about Brockhampton is like as much as I believe that there are moments and Brockhampton is not infallible. Like, you know, I think Amir leans too heavily on rhymes about drug dealing, I think they're less memorable songs, especially those on Saturation Two. Uh, kind of adhere to a very Brockhampton formula that's starting to emerge as they release more material. Yeah. But something that goes understated, especially with their second album or their second in the Saturation series, Saturation Two, is that they make like their pop sensibilities are beginning to show more as they uh, as they continue to release stuff and especially on um the Bareface track, Bareface being one of their collective members who doesn't do any rap who excels in kind of like guitar-driven pop ballads. Yeah. um, Thinking maybe like the 1975, but less Duran Duran funky kind of stuff. And the final song on that album called Summer is just a really beautiful pop song. Um, Sweet. It's one of my favourite pop songs of the year. They've got another song on there called Jesus, which is about a minute minute and 20 seconds long, which is similarly, you know, a really beautiful, like, a beautiful, unabashed, like, over-the-top, soapy pop song that just works so well. And cool. I think Yeah I think like Coming into the end of the year Something that I've really appreciated From Brockhampton That has gone unmentioned Is how good they are At being the boy band They profess to be yeah. Like they really have A good handle on hooks yeah. And a good handle on When they want to Making solid pop songs That's cool dude
0: Yeah so Summer Is is the first of my picks the second track for me Is my favourite track From that album I was talking about before Redheaded Stranger It's chill It's a relaxed track and in my opinion, you have to listen to it in the context of the whole album. But otherwise, in terms of if you just want to listen to a Willie Nelson track that really makes your heart melt. Can I Sleep In Your Arms? Honestly, one of the sweetest, most just beautiful songs I've ever heard in my entire life. Can I Sleep In Your Arms by Willie Nelson. red-headed Stranger. It's just... Mate, i got to say, the title is the title has already got me going. On, oh, you know? it's just beautiful. It's just, oh, you just hear it. And it's mostly just really nice on his guitar. And you just hear his voice and his guitar playing. And you just go, oh, it's heartbreaking but kind of beautiful. And it's just about this guy. He's saying, like, can I sleep in your arms tonight? Because where I've come from is just shit. Mm-hmm. And you think, like, that is such a nice thing to say. But he's also murdered all these people. Like, he's obviously had a really messed up time. All do want to do is sleep in somebody's. I don't. Know, I don't want to get too it yeah. No. Yeah. No. That's that's really
1: Beautiful. nice, man. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, my second track. I mentioned the King Ghidra album earlier. I think it's only fitting that I include one of those songs on there, considering I've been listening to it a lot. Um, it's Next Levels, which is a posse cut off the album that features some of those uh Monster Island Czar's people that I was talking about a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um. I don't have a. I don't have names on me right now, but I know that's that Rodan is on it. Yeah. Um, who I have been spending a lot of time delving into recently, um, but yeah, I mean, like if you've heard any of uh, if you've heard any of MF Doom's work as Metal Fingers, which is his production moniker, he's released um, something like ten full CDs of instrumentals. And if you've heard any of the more popular ones on there, you'll know this instrumental. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's it's one of his very popular, very famous instrumentals, um, like a bit of a jazzy sample behind yeah, it. Nice. Um, Yeah, recommend Posse Cuts. MF Doom Posse Cuts, you know? Like, it's a great thing. As good as it sounds, definitely.
0: Alright, my third track is very simply, quite possibly the best cruising song of all time. Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears.
1: You should see this. I I, I am emphatically pointing at Teddy with with a very solid affirmation.
0: Dude, you know what I realised would be perfect What I... My dream in life... You know how sometimes you have, like, bucket list things to do? Yeah. I realised my dream in life one day is to get one of those sand dune buggies mm. and just to cruise on a desert somewhere in the sand and just play that song really loud. Exactly. Because oh. it is the best just cruising song of all time. Mate, that,
1: that, that is the that is greatest of all time song. Dude, it's, it's Tears for Fears yeah. are, are an underrated band, but that
0: so, itself is, like, a very well- See, I song. hate Shout by Tears for Fears. Yeah. And I had a couple of other Tears of Fears songs. For some reason, that song just hits it perfectly. Yeah. Oh. Head over heels is a good song by Tears. Of Fears. Head over heels is a great song. But dude, that song is everybody wants for all the world. I don't know what the hell inspired them to write it. Damn, it, it's such a good song. It is a great song. Man, it's got a great key solo. Oh yeah. Uh,
1: you know next one. Yeah, totally. Um, my new, my next song is a new song by um one of my one of my favorite uh, indie or like I guess indie is probably. Ever misrepresentation Um, folk artists uh, which is you might have noticed is kind of like a rare thing for me but although I do like folk I haven't been really listening to it too much recently but Sufjan Stevens who is one of my favourite artists um, in that vein and favourite artists overall I I imagine has returned with a new song called Mystery of Love which appears on the soundtrack for Call Me By My Name which is a new film Uh, he's got three songs on it one of which is a remix of Futile Devices, which is the opening track on 2010's Age of Ads, and then two new songs, which are very much in that kind of more um, traditional vein. And Mystery of Love is just a really nice, unassuming song, very folky, very familiar. If you liked Carrie and Lowell, which I imagine almost everyone did, because it is a very exceptional and accessible album, then Mystery of Love is going to be the kind of thing that you'll want to you know reach out to. He's got a new mixtape coming this month as well, which is filled with... Off cuts and demos from Carrie and Lowell that didn't quite make it onto the album. So, you know, like, again, if you like Carrie and Lowell, which you did, then you should, you should definitely check that out as well. Uh, it's a good time to be a Sufjan fan. Um, and Dude, what's
0: the deal with his cap, his red cap? What, is that his, like, motif or something?
1: Oh, he, I think... When I saw him, he didn't wear his cap, I don't think. I saw him, I saw him on his Carrie and Lowell tour, which yeah. was an incredible show. It yeah. was like it blurred the lines between perf- like an actual performance and performance art. Yeah, well, the album is about... His his mum was a very troubled person. And so it's about it know, his, his relationship with his mum. Wow, he's a
0: weird-looking guy. He, he's a really odd-looking dude.
1: He is, but I mean, like... Oh, but man. he looks
0: exactly like you expect him to look like after you listen to his music.
1: Have you ever listened to The Age of Ads? Yeah. Matt, The Age of Ads is, is like a record that defies explanation. It is it is this really strange glyph in the middle of this really, like, you know, interesting and dynamic, but, like, never quite that weird career. Yeah. The Age of Ads is, is like, my favourite Sufjan record by so far. I, am um, Yeah, honestly, like, like Sufjan makes great folk music, but sometimes I just wish he'd kind of, like, lash out again and make something incredibly experimental, you know? Dude,
0: his version of Ring Them Bells on that uh, I'm Not There album, yeah. like, from that movie, is incredible that is like his brilliant his mind is a like a just I honestly don't have the word for it It's He's like just a, like a you were the first person
1: comedy. to show that to me and and that is like that is a Sufjan song that I revisit like more frequently than a lot of songs. I stuff. reckon
0: it's my one of my favourite of his songs like oh, yeah. the Bob Dylan song when you hear it it's just like that's bullshit but Sufjan doing it is incredible he
1: makes it really interesting
0: and engaging that whole like yeah. build up that he fits oh, in yeah oh that's brilliant all right, so a massive depart from everything that we've been talking about. Saturday night by Earth, Wind and Fire. I was listening to that song all of today. Man, that is funky as. Oh, that it just gives a groove and such a bones that just makes you feel. Yeah, Mate, there's a reason
1: that Earth, Wind and Fire are you know like such a classic go to funk kind of. Thing. Do they yeah. are the like pinnacle of like just good times. Yeah, recently I was on um, recently I was on a set and we yeah. had to do. There was all we, there was a dancing scene yeah. that had to be done and there wasn't going to be any real audio in the film but yeah. so they needed a beat and so the first thing they put on was it's Earth, Wind & Fire. Yeah. Oh, the first thing they put on was Earth, Wind & Fire because like, that is that is the go-to for music that you can dance to, you know?
0: Dude, it's just always going to be a good time, isn't it? It's yeah. just, have you ever had a bad time listening to Earth, Wind & Fire? I don't think so. I, I don't mean, think it's possible. Exactly. I think if someone told you that your whole family died in a, in a plane crash, you'd be like... And then say, like, earth yeah, and fire was exactly. in the background. And, and then bang. would be as bad. Yeah, it'd be just that a
1: little bit better, and that's
0: what you need. Exactly. Earth and fire for all your grieving needs. <laughs> that is going to be my funeral song. <laughs> September. That'll be so mad. Oh, I'm they, out my coffin. Exactly. And <laughs> everyone will get up and dance. It'll be a sick time. <laughs> That'll be a mad time. Dude, if I die, honestly, this is being recorded now. You have to place my. It'll be like it'll be like genuinely. A... I want September played at my funeral. We'll do it like a, like a New Orleans thing. You know, like one of those New Orleans funeral, except instead of jazz, we'll just give you like really funky music, really funky. Yeah, and there's be heaps of alcohol. Nice hors d'oeuvres. Honestly, I want a nice canopy kind of funeral. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I can like at least you know now that the recording is out there, somebody will take <laughs> care of that for you. You know, your needs will be met. And honestly, you can have most of my shit, kind of. If you want, it. if you want any of my shit, you can take it. You heard it here first, everyone. I am, <laughs> I am now first in line for Teddy
1: shit once he if 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 he dies, which of course I hope he doesn't because you know this is only the second episode. man. It becomes a one man podcast pretty quick. <laughs> exactly, just a man in a room reflecting on <laughs> himself. Well, my next song yeah. is one that we were talking about just before we yeah. started
0: recording. Is that Chromio have returned from? Oh me.
1: yeah, From a three year yeah. a three year hiatus um, or a three year like. Building their record yeah. to release a new single called Juice, which is funky. Is know, it like, good? Yeah, it is oh, good. It's like, cool. What, what does, it spec- sa- does
0: it sound like? Their classic stuff, or is it very different?
1: No, it's it's very much the same kind of like it's uh it's got some of the um what's that instrument called where you put your mouth in and you play the keys and you uh, it? it's, like, it's sort of vocal a of but, ca- it, but it's yeah, like it's got a And you know, it's very much like just classic. Oh, Chromio Funk sick. which is great I just, I just love that they're back god damn it I love Chromio it's, it's been you know, it's <laughs> been too long without having the Funk Lords with us and now the Funk Lords are back so like you know get out there and listen to it <laughs> the man. Funk Lords the, the Funk Lords the Funk Lords as they
0: know. alright my final uh, track is a Nina Simone track I've been really digging Nina Simone i watched a little bit of that documentary on Netflix about her life oh man she's one of those tortured artists with a beautiful voice a horrible 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 life like mm. the, her husband just beat the shit out of her she was really sad and depressed you know addicted to all kinds of substances and alcohol and stuff but god damn it she has one of the sweetest voices, voices known to mankind she makes very mournful music I always think really mournful music but she does this cover of Just Like a Woman Bob Dylan song mm. which to me is incredible especially because it's one of those songs that when you hear it from a woman's perspective. You know, there's not so many songs that, like, when you change up versus a guy versus a girl singing them, like, they've really changed the vibe up. And there's not too many artists that can sing as a guy or sing as a girl when they're not a guy or a girl. Mm. And the songs still have that same effect. I think Paul Kelly does it really well. I think Bob Dylan does it sometimes. Nina Simone sings this song and kind of changes... Like, I don't know how you feel about changing the words of a song mm-hmm. so that if you're a girl it makes it from a girl's perspective as opposed to a guy or if you're a guy you change the lyrics so that it becomes like a yeah like gender flipping perspective. It so that it's it's yeah, more exactly like gender flipping itself. It. So yeah. what I like is that she doesn't gender flip it the whole time except for the last verse where she says I break uh, like a woman I make love like a woman oh so you it turns the eye yeah, yeah exactly she changes, She's She's the changes, the changes it to eye uh, she changes it exactly right to eye uh, that's a smart way of doing it makes that cool. so so much more real that's it the interesting. point where you go like fuck did Bob Dylan intend for this to be sung by a woman at some stage mm. yeah honestly it's a beautiful song yeah no I, I do need to get more into Nina
1: Simone most of my Nina Simone knowledge comes from her massive you know reverence in hip hop yeah. She was recently on that, that lead single from that new Jay-Z album. Yeah, It was, that's it was right. built around a great new She's on that Kanye track as well. She's on, yeah, Blood on the Leaves is yeah, an awesome, Leaves. which is right. taken from um, Strange Fruit, her cover yeah. of Strange Fruit. Um, Dude, do you think it's cool
0: if white people did a cover of Strange Fruit, by the way?
1: Yeah, man, Jeff Buckley. Uh, Str- Strange Fruit was written by a white guy. No, it
0: wasn't.
1: No, Strange Fruit was written by a white guy in the 20s. American.
0: No no no. no, no, no. So I've heard this story... In Billy Crystal's one man show yeah. called 700 Sundays. His uncle was a famous jazz producer in New York in yeah. the early 1900s. And Ella Fitzgerald, yeah. it was Ella Fitzgerald who sang it? Or no, Billy Holiday. Billy Holiday. Billy Holiday. Holiday was the original person to sing it. And she apparently couldn't sing this song of any major record companies in the US. They were all were rejecting it. And Billy Crystal's uncle, was the first guy to say alright yeah alright we'll just record it it's cool but wait so Jeff Buckley did a cover of it
1: yeah Because yeah, Jeff,
0: like Jeff Buckley did an good cover of it live
1: at Sinead um, which is one he's like in Paris oh uh, well, no Sinead is a um, is a like was an old cafe where yeah, yeah. Perform. I've and, seen it yeah, and, and I've seen it i got the album yeah yeah and it's just he used to um, work there and like you know hang around the bar or hang around the kitchen it was a really small space and by the time he was about to take off and release Grace People would like record producers would rock up and stand outside to hear him perform. And Live at is like a twenty-five song album, yeah. the the full version of it. Yeah,
0: and I'm sure he fucks up part of it. He's like, yeah, bla 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 bla. yeah he does the Miles Davis yeah, in, improv Davis thing. Yeah, thing, yeah.
1: Um, when he does uh, "Calling Calling You," which is another great. Where well, is that in Paris or New York? That's in New York. The the place sure. is named for um an Irish. Chana is named for an Irish. Cool. Album. But you know, it was, it was right where New York. That's it was. right.
0: He does do a cover, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Well, dude, that's what I want to. I really want to do a cover of that song in this band, Mr. Savage. But I just don't know whether it's cool. A couple of Aussie white guys doing a cover. I'm it's telling you, I'm, I'm
1: telling you, it was it like it is down in history as being written by a Jewish man. Really? Yep. He wrote it as a poem when he was a school teacher, and it was then sung by Billy Holiday, most famously. Which is the thing, because I mean, I saw I was introduced to that argument when I was listening to that Jeff Buckley song. And then I wow, found it's out... my
0: Russian Jewish immigrants in the Bronx. I
1: mean, it is a brilliantly powerful song. And, and I don't think that detracts... Oh, from, no. I don't think that detracts from the message at all.
0: Strange fruit hanging from the poplar tree. It is a very disturbing song. Dude, it's one of the most... It's one of the scariest songs I've ever oh, heard. Oh, yeah, totally. I can't believe it's by some Jewish
1: white guy. It's so eerie, honestly. And yeah, yeah it, it, was, it was not written... It was, it was written by a white guy, which is a really interesting fact. Unbelievable. As much as yeah, it is very much like I, I still fast. understand people not wanting to, you know, why people to perform it because you know it is that kind of sensitive song. Like it has very much been, Where? like I have no doubt that it is very much an African American classic now. Well, there you go. Yeah, I've got one more song. I one more song, and it's um, it's actually a strange one. It's by Carl Dixon and yeah. Michael Stein.
0: Oh my two god, dude! This is the weirdest playlist ever. Two of her, this is the two weirdest whom, playlist. Well,
1: well, like who are both members of a band called Survive? Yeah, and Survive is the, uh, the Tiger Guys. No, so that's Survive Earth. So, so oh, yeah, Survive <laughs> are um, uh, like a electro synth band yeah. who um, are coming, <laughs> who are coming to Laneway Festival. And the crazy, <gasps> the crazy thing about it is, is they're coming to Landway Festival off the back of their most popular project, which is the soundtrack. To Stranger Things and Stranger Things 2, which are amazingly good soundtracks. Like, like if you want a song that you can work to, if you want to like put on put on some music and work to it, then this like the entirety of the second season, which in which the music got even better, may I say. The entirety of the second season soundtrack is incredible. Like my favorite one of my favorite tracks is the first track, which is called Walkin' in Hawkins. Yeah. But there are, there's another track called Eulogy. Which is really That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, Eulogy sounds very Lord of the Ringsy, even yeah. though it's it's very electro. It has that kind of vibe. Yeah, and then Soldiers is one of my favourite moments from the actual season, like <laughs> yeah. musical cues. Cool. In terms of like matching up with the visuals, yeah. but it's also like just a very interesting. Sound. But the visuals of Stranger Things. Yeah, well, well when yeah. when the song soldiers, which I think would, is an honourable mention on my on, it could have replaced this song to be honest. Yeah. But when that kicks in in the show, I remember like when I was looking for the best song on this album, yeah. I was like, "What's the music when that happens?" Because yeah. when that happens, I remember the music so well. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's a perfect marriage of awesome soundtrack and. You know I, I, what I think is actually a brilliant show, but um, yeah, you know, you know it's like it's instrumental synth music. But people say, you know, I can't, I can't work to music, I can't study to music. It's yeah. too distracting. This is for you. It's very, it's it's not very horror filmy. Yeah. It's not very. So it's not that very thriller <laughs> Yes, It's very computer yeah, It's very kind of like a, You know the emergence, the emergence yeah, yeah, The emergence of the Digital yeah. age The emergence of the Synth that kind of Dominated the cool. 80s And so it is really Procedural and it Really helps me like Just get into a vibe And work
0: It doesn't go It's the Eye of a tiger the... That helps me get Into I'm a vibe
1: gonna... And train for the Big fight But this, <laughs> this helps me Get into a vibe And study you know?
0: Dude do Survivor Have any other songs?
1: Has anyone ever Bothered to
0: check? <laughs> wait, wait, no. Would you go to a Survivor gig? They're like Tears of Fears. Oh no, like I'm um, those guys, Spandau Ballet. Yeah, like I, I was, was going to say, don't you dare say Tears for Fears. Like, are a great one. One. Like yeah, Ballet, though. They came back. They have one hit. Song. I suppose Spandau Ballet have that song "Gold, Gold." Gold. Gold. Always, Always believe in your soul. But dude, I can't believe those guys f- actually packed out a whole gig. Yeah. Survivor definitely don't have other song. Yeah, exactly. Or like ice, ice, oh, vanilla ice.
1: You know, oh, yeah. you know, Ice mean, had the first um, number one rap song in America. Really? Yeah, Ice Spice Baby was the first number one rap song in America. No way. Yeah. Dude, I, I love how many times we've touched on very subtle, or very <laughs> subtle, or very overt racism in rap in this podcast already. The amount of like more accolades that white people that have been given in rap. That's a terrible to, song.
0: I was listening to. I was looking, talking to um, someone about early two thousands music this week. And you know what the top song in 2002 was? Like the top like three or four songs. So what songs came out in 2002? Like Without Me, fucking a whole lot of Dr. Dre stuff. Like uh, Ja Rule, uh... <laughs> Neo? Yeah, Neo. All that shit was 2002, right? Yeah. Guess what song topped it? What? Um, How You Remind Me by Nickelback. That was the number one song of 2002. Wow. And, and the second one was um, When You Were With Me Creed oh, when, when You Were With Me Oh wow man That's the first, uh, that's the first time Creed. Like, like
1: you and me and all the listeners of this Thinking about Creed now It's the first time anyone has thought of Creed <laughs> In like at least a
0: few years Dude how weird is it that Creed was so big For like I don't know A few years And you know I, the second I actually remember the second I stopped liking Creed it's when the guys, the South Park, there's an episode of South Park where Cartman creates a Christian rock band. Oh, yeah. Legitimately, they say, hey, we could be an awesome Christian rock band, like Creed. And I didn't realise they were a Christian rock band. And as soon as I did, I stopped liking them. <laughs> How weird is
1: that? Mate, the thing is, I wasn't really into music that much at that point. Like, yeah. I, I wasn't really exposed to that. I always
0: assumed Creed were just kind of like a niche band, you know? Dude. Like, but you, oh, wow, So, anybody who was in WWE, like I was heavily into WWE, Creed were like the guys. Oh, of
1: course, yeah, because really the, nice they would have, they would been crossover and stuff, yeah. wouldn't they? That's crazy yeah. though. It's amazing yeah. to think about.
0: Like even ten years ago, ten years ago, Avril Lavigne was hot property. Ten years ago, Avril Lavigne dropped Girlfriend, man. Dude, that song. I listened to that song. What's it called? Uh, complicated. Yeah. I listened to that song. Actually, that is honestly not that bad. A that song. is no. That's the thing. He was right, he was legitimately Broadway, like a chart popper, a, a chart topper at that point. Yeah. She was a chance of her, wasn't she? Yeah And she and that guy Chad Kruger from Nickelback had a kid together Yeah
1: And now everybody hates them Yeah well I mean like everybody's oh, like, you know, obviously if they were number ones not everybody hates Nickelback but Nickelback had a pretty sharp decline when they decided to you know ad- 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 adhere to the script when the, <laughs> Have the, you the, seen when, that? When bottom? the script
0: wasn't even that good to begin with you know <laughs> it was like it got all quick Man, Have you seen that video of somebody throwing shit at Nickelback when they're performing in South America? No <laughs> Oh my god it's funny he says like, hey, if you guys aren't going to respect the music, we're not going to play. And then somebody throws a bottle at him. And he just says, see ya. And leaves the stage and
1: everybody cheers. Uh, oh no, that's right. It was at a festival or something. Yeah. And they were on before some act that like, people really wanted to see. And everyone was like, why are Nickelback here? Like,
0: We don't want to see Nickelback. We want to see the next guys.
1: Oh, I, I do remember Go, seeing oh. that video. That is hard. It would rock. actually
0: be... It would be kind of... It would be so shit. To it would be disheartening. But at
1: the same time, it's kind of like... You know, like... I, I, I get it, and Nickelback are a big band, but like... Yeah. The same thing would happen to someone like Kid Rock. Kid Rock has had a lot of success. But Kid Rock is successful within a very certain
0: area, you know? Yeah, true. It's kind of like Wolfmother as well. Wolfmother were like the top band in their day. Yeah. And they've really declined and just gotten shit now. No one cares about them. Remember Jet? Jet! So many bands that were just good for a while and then just got... Like no one cared about.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty sharp fall off for uh, for a lot of these groups, especially these Australian groups. You know, you know who never had a sharp fall off because they're one of the greatest Australian acts of all time. You know, Savage Garden. Oh, really? You know, they all had a fall off, but Savage Garden quit after two albums and never reformed. So all they've got are
0: two really fucking good albums. Really? And that is it. Did they quit? They just said we're not doing this
1: anymore. Yeah, they just broke up as a group. Remember There's the, only two guys right? Only two guys Darren Hayes and Darren Hayes, the other right. guy that did all the instrumentation was really yeah. talented Ended up marrying someone from High Five I think I swear he's from Gippsland that guy as well the, they're, they're both, both from um, they're both from like uh, Logan What? You know Logan the place? No. No. Logan is a I think Logan's a town in I think it's in New South Wales Oh okay Or Queensland and it's like a really like it's not the kind of place that you would find Savage Garden it's kind of place yeah, where Savage Garden yeah, yeah, yeah. would not be played that's but so they cool. just came out and you know worked I in the focus. garage and made like some of the best Australian pop albums ever.
2: Da da
1: da mate da mate da. I am I am such a staunch defender of Savage Garden some of their stuff yeah, is really. really
0: sick I like some of it. some of it I find like a big kind of I don't know how much of a fan I am but honestly I respect what they've done that's for sure Darren Hayes is a fucking good singer he is a good singer dude have you seen um does a cover of that song Last without you i keep trying to find oh, my yeah. way dude he does this cover for what's her name the chick who cancer is it Dr. Goodrum or is it Did, I don't think Dr. Goodrum had cancer oh, oh wow this is really heavy Thing. maybe we should just cut this whole yeah, part. Out. Just cut this part out. Deal. We can we, we,
1: we can <laughs> cut at some point between where we gone yeah, down and now we can just do an ending, okay? Because yeah. it's getting fucking late, okay? Dude,
0: all I was saying though is that there are so many bands that drop off and become shitty. I wonder what the secret is to like just maintaining your success. Maybe it's just to quit while you're ahead and like Savage Garden just break up. It's man, if you ask me, if you ask me what the key is and yeah. I'm just gonna, this is this is do a it quick yeah.
1: it's about Collaborating with the right people You know Yeah true Like, like as, as long as you're collaborating With the people that are pushing you forward You're yeah. fine Nickelback got shit Because they did the same thing Wolfmother got shit Because they did the same thing And as long as you're collaborating With the right people That will take your stuff In a new But still good way Yeah You're fine Do you, you know, know That's why Kanye uh, kind of gets 30 writers on a single song When he was working on Yeezus and stuff. Yeah They still rocked And they were still awesome Because he had so much input And all he had to do Was kind of like Pick who was right And who was wrong yeah
0: Dude, that's what I really respect about that guy. You know Jimmy Iovine. Yeah. Dude, I watched that Tom Petty documentary, and I was like, "Oh, Jimmy Iovine." Wherever I heard that name before, turns out that he's in the NWA Straight Outta Compton movie. Yeah. As like the white producer who finds Dre, becomes Dre's like business partner, like creates beats with Dre, produces Eight Mile, like goes from like the whole 90s rap game. Back into like the eighties and the seventies, was yeah. producing like Patty Stevie Smith. Nicks, Tom Petty, did, um, Patty Smith.
1: He did uh, because the night he gave because of the night to Patty Smith yeah. after, but uh, Bruce Springsteen wrote it. Yeah, and he, then he records, gave it to it. And yeah.
0: he recorded that um, album Badlands with Springsteen. Yeah, he's an absolute monster. He is. Of have just a, a U two, all those famous U two albums. Yeah, are all Jimmy. Yeah. Have you
1: seen the Defiant ones? No,
0: mate. The Defiant ones is the HBO documentary
1: that came out when I was in LA, so a bit yeah. earlier this year, and they had posters for it everywhere, and it's about um it's about Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre yeah. and their ascendance to Superstar to you know Dre is the first billionaire oh, yeah, and, no, that's that's and it's a four right. part that's series like, yeah, and I've, right. only seen, I've only seen the first one but it is insane so they get all these people in there because they have Bruce Springsteen talking about Jimmy Iovine and then they'll have Dr. Dre and I will have Ice Cube and they have Eminem yeah. and they have all of these people that have like and Patti Smith all these people that have like kind of collaborated with them at some point mm. like filling in these details from their time with them to make this huge story about how they got to selling beats so cool. for, you know, like yeah, a billion dollars. dollars. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a really amazing like story, and I reckon you would dig it, definitely. I have to check it out. Yeah, totally. Anyway, well, with that in mind, with in mind how good the <laughs> defiance is, I recommend it to you as well, music fans.
0: Um this is we should the... probably wrap it up here. Yeah, we should. So thank you for listening to the second instalment of One for One Presents, Old Mansion. And we'll be back next week with some more tunes for you very nice Drake
1: could say more tunes for your head top
0: <laughs> i'm teddy i'm connor we wish you a very good week of music and life have a good one <laughs> <laughs>